This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNC's apply. The America's Cup is in the headlines again, not for the racing again. It's just where, just where and when and who. It seems to be uh, those questions so often, and it's a shame, really, uh, from my personal point of view. I'm just a layman when it comes to it. Uh, Someone who isn't is Tom McRae. He's News Hub's America's Cup reporter. Uh, He's reported on this event for a long, long time, seen all these debates uh, come and go. Uh, Yesterday we learnt that uh, the Kiwi rich lister Mark Dunphy, his proposal uh, has been rejected, absolutely rejected, uh, on the back of Grant Dalton saying a couple of days ago, he felt there was zero trust around that particular bid. Uh, so, Tom, good morning to you. Exactly, can you tell us what has gone on here? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just classic America's Cup tomfoolery uh, in between, you know, the racing, really. Uh, to take it all the way back, uh, which I think we kind of need to do to, to, to make a complete sense of, of where things are at at the moment, Obviously, Team New Zealand rejected the government and council's offer of $99 million to host it in Auckland, saying it wasn't enough money. They needed, to, um, they needed more money to make the team competitive to ensure they won it next time. So they did this bidding process. They whittled it down to three uh, venues overseas that would pay a hosting fee, uh, one in Ireland, one in Saudi Arabia, and the other in Spain. Uh, but then along comes Mark Dumphy, who's a Kiwi uh, rich lister, and uh, he says that he's set up the Kiwi Home Defence. He's got $80 million of patriotic uh, rich listers' money that's just sitting there and ready to go. If only the team, uh, Team New Zealand, came to the table and sat down and talked to him about um, how they could work it out. The team obviously were very keen to get involved and, and, you know, $80 million, no one's going to turn their back on that, especially Team New Zealand. Uh, But they couldn't get hold of them. Uh, Weeks and weeks and weeks went by, emails and letters just went unanswered. And in the meantime, Dumpty was out there talking to various media outlets and popping up saying that, you know, we want to do the right thing and hold the cup in New Zealand. And then uh, things start getting murky and all a little bit confusing. But basically what it boils down to is Team New Zealand have accused Dumphy of undermining the team, calling him devious, deceitful and underhanded for trying to uh, use, I guess, tactics through the New York Yacht Squadron to try and scupper any of the host venue arrangements um, from uh, the, the overseas bids to try and sink Team New Zealand. Basically, Dalton says that they can't be beaten on the water, so all of the 
uh, syndicates like Ernesto Bertarelli, who set up a lingy and stole Brad Butterworth and Russell Coates back in 2003, um, are back to their old tricks and trying to undermine Team New Zealand off the water because they can't beat them on the water. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. It does. Um, you know, um, accusing uh, the en- of dealing with the enemy, basically. Uh, uh, that's what uh, Grant Dalton was saying. Um, just, just tell us that, that you, in your opinion, does, does that spell the end for uh, Auckland hosting it? Pretty much. Uh, the government and Auckland Council have said the $99 million that they put up, uh, is, there's, there's no more. That's it. And if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. Um, and Team New Zealand have basically said, well, it isn't enough and uh, most likely going to announce in the next, uh, I think, six weeks or something like that. They had an extent. There, there was a deadline of last week where they were going to host where it was, uh, they were going to announce where the next venue would be. Um, but they have delayed that because the Irish uh, government uh, wanted more time to really um, go through their process and make sure they've done their due diligence and look at the cost-benefit analysis and all of that. So I think it's probably, you know, dead in the water. It's not going to be held in Auckland. Um, Dalton has said that they're not going to uh, go deal with Dumphy at all. Um, they just think that he's just been completely underhanded and, and is lying to his teeth, basically. Although, to be fair, Dumphy has come back and said that he is surprised at the hostility and vitriol um, from Team New Zealand. That They're just a group of patriotic Kiwis trying to keep it here. Uh, and that there is no offshore interests involved because Dalton's come out and basically said that it's Ernesto Bertarelli, the billionaire, the Swiss billionaire, who set up a lingy, took Brad Butterworth and, and Russell Coates and a whole bunch of other Kiwis that had, uh, had won it, defended it successfully here in Auckland in 2000, um, and then came back and trounced them in 2003. Uh, and uh, that, that Bertarelli's back back to his old tricks, really. So, Tom, you know, we're, we've been, uh, I, I would imagine, we've, we've been lulled into a lot of people who weren't yachting people. They, they buy into it because it's Team New Zealand, uh, you know, and it's at home, uh, you know, and mm. that's one of the great patriotic things about it. We've gone through the Red Sox and all, all those sorts of stages, the various change in, uh, in tech, uh, on boat, uh, the various change in technique, etc., with the, the people cycling on board and everything. We've, we're bored into yeah. all that sort of thing. <laughs> the fact that it's going to go, the fact that it's going to go, um, probably, uh, do you expect New Zealanders to stay interested to the same level? Oh, n- not at all. I mean, I think you saw through the America's Cup and the build-up, uh, you know, they had the World Series event before Christmas, um, you know, last year, and and even sort of through the Challenger series, there wasn't that much interest. Uh, you know, I know it's the middle of summer, so everyone's off on their holidays, but uh, it was really only until Team New Zealand got on the water in in on the Hodaki Gulf that where you saw those thousands and thousands of boats, people, you know, packing out the viaduct. And if it is held in the middle of the night at two or three a.m. or even at six a.m. You, you know, you'll, you'll still get your hardcore uh, America's Cup Team New Zealand fans getting up for it. But, I mean, when it's on the other side of the world, uh, you just don't get the same buy-in from the general, I guess, general public um, that you would if it was held here. And it is a real shame that Team New Zealand don't feel like they've got any other option but to 
chase the money and, and take it offshore. I mean, they've been really clear the whole way through that if they could, they would obviously hold it in Auckland again because it's such a great sailing venue and the support they get here is immense. And obviously, New Zealand is in the title of the team. Um, but they just say that they can't do it. It, it would be, uh, you know, they, they put winning and defending it successfully above that. Um, and as, a, I guess, a sports team, and I mean, you know, and you, you talk to Grant Dalton for, for 30 seconds and you realised his steely determination to win, not quite at all costs, but not far off, um, is almost at the forefront of his mind with, every, uh, with everything he does. For those who don't know, you, do, you know, and you've been dealing with him for a long period of time, how tough uh, is Grant Dalton to deal with? How, how, how um, and physically from the outside, he looks a very hard man to break down. So just how tough, how tough is he? Oh, extremely. I, he doesn't put up with any BS, um, that is for sure. I know he's, you know, incredibly, incredibly tough on everyone in the team. They've all been brought in to do a job and, you know, you do it. And if you don't, well, you're going to hear about it um, in a pretty uncompromising fashion. And he takes that, uh, I guess, that attitude into everyone he deals with, whether it's the media or the sponsors or, you know, suppliers, teammates, challenges. You know, it's the America's Cup. There's, there's no love lost between any of the teams, even if at various points uh, they all get quite cosy. You know, like they're, they're obviously uh, working with uh, Ineos Team UK. They're the challenger of record this time, so they're best mates at the moment. But we saw they were best mates with Luna Rossa only a few years ago, and then that relationship went extremely sour through um, <clears throat> through the America's Cup here in Auckland. Um, just with various little scraps and scrapes, and it's it's he's, he's got to win every single point. You know, if he's on the tennis court, he would be filthy if he dropped one single point, let alone a game or a set. So um, yeah, he's 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 a unique character, and that team clearly wouldn't have survived um, as long as it has if um, if he wasn't part of it. It's, I mean, it's as simple as that, and it all comes down the America's Cup to getting the money to put a good team together, to get a good design team, to put a decent boat that's going to um, compete out there. And, and without him, they wouldn't have been able to do that over the years. So, Tom, how much, why does it cost so much? Where, where are the biggest costs that, you know, that are holding this whole, whole thing up? Uh, design, obviously, and then actually physically building the boats. I mean, you know, there, there's nothing else like them. It's not like you can... It'd be like designing the, you know, a, a, the most incredible sports car from absolute scratch and throwing out every single thing that you've done before, um, you know, from, from design to, to, to how you actually go about building it. Uh, you know, you look at the difference in the last only 10 years um, from, uh, you know, when it was last, or 10 or 20 years since it was last held in Auckland, you know, the boat's black magic compared to um, Te Rehutai, which was out there this this past summer. I mean, it's almost a completely different sport <laughs> um, from what it was 20 years ago. So that's really where the cost comes. And they just, you know, they're always constantly pushing the boundaries. They don't want to do the same thing. It, you know, they, they, want to, they want it to be new and novel, um, and exciting and keep pushing the limits of, you know, the speed and, and what they can achieve out there.
Uh, see, I, I look at it, and I'm, I'm as I keep saying when I interview everyone, actually, I'm old school. Uh, I, I, I remember sales uh, and the wind and, and uh, you know, picking those currents and things as being uh, one of the traditional skills of America's Cup racing. But now, now we hear more talk of foils than sales. Mm. Mm. Well, they argue, well, they probably are definitely more important than, uh, than, than the wing sale. I mean, they, it, it, I guess the reason they do that, and, and it started uh, back in San Francisco when, uh, and, and I guess to, in Bermuda to, to a certain um, degree, that it's, it's now made for TV. You know, the, a, a two-hour race where, where these big mono hulls are, are sitting in the water um, and basically, you know, going 10, 10 knots, 10, 12 knots, didn't make necessarily for great TV for your average punter sitting at home watching it, especially if you're trying to grow the sport um, and get the numbers, you know, um, tuning in, which brings broadcast deals and uh, which brings sponsors along. So they've really gone down that path where you'll see a 20, 25-minute race. Um, you can squeeze in two in two hours, uh, and everyone, all the broadcasters are happy, which means all the sponsors are happy, which means that um, the teams can survive. So really they've gone down that path, and that's why, you know, you've seen foiling, because it's, as a spectator sport for, I guess, the general layperson, maybe not the sailing um, aficionado, that uh, it's much more exciting to watch. Just finally, Tom, uh, I just wonder if I was an, an America's Cup fan and I wanted to be there and I could travel the world, hopefully to the next event, uh, God willing, uh, where should I have been, in your opinion, booking my ticket to, Spain or Saudi Arabia? Oh, I actually think Corken Island uh, is, is my. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Ba- I'm just sort of basing that on on hope. I think it would be. You know, the Irish would put up an amazing. Uh, 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 well, put on an amazing party to start with. <laughs> I, I think mm. if we went to Saudi Arabia. That would be a real shame. You know, it's basically. Um, you know, they've been. I guess trying to. I don't know if you've heard the t- term sport washing. Um, where you know they're trying to wipe away uh, some of their human rights, um, uh, you know, things that have gone on there, and, and they're trying to buy up these big, you know, sporting events to try and try and. Sorry, I've just got my kids running around the house. On the, <laughs> we're still in uh, we're still in uh, level three up there, so I haven't been able to to to, to get them off to school. Um, for the last five weeks, but yeah, so I, I, I think Ireland would be the best bet um, in terms of. Uh, I mean, that's where I'd love to see it. I think it'd be great. Um, the Irish would get right in behind it. They've got a really strong sailing um, fraternity in Cork, so that'd be pretty cool. Tom, as always, uh, you've answered uh, a lot of my questions there, and I'm sure uh, a lot of those people listening in as well. Thanks so much for your time and uh, keeping mm, us updated. Not a problem. And we'll wait. We'll wait for the next saga, shall we? Oh, I, I, you probably only need to wait a few more days. <laughs> Who knows what's coming next? Yeah, good on you, Tom. It's Tom McRae. Thanks from uh, News Hub, the yachting reporter, uh, who's uh, up to speed with everything, particularly uh, he, he knows Grant Dalton very well. Tough cookie to break down by the sound of it.